When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. It is Wednesday morning, the 5th of October, 2022. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 in Sydney, SENQ 693am in Queensland, and SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. one 1170 is the open line number. That's one 1170 If you want to give me a call, you call any time. You can get straight on the air, have a chat over the course of the next hour, or you can text anytime as always 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. Uh, in about 10 minutes' time, about 15 minutes' time, we're going to have a chat with Maddie Cox from Tradies News in Melbourne. He'll fill us in on everything happening down there. It's been what 10 days since the AFL Grand Final. He'll, of course, ask me about the NRL Grand Final as well. And it sort of in that weird time, aren't we? Uh, now, between the end of the rugby league season, we've got NBL has already kicked off last weekend. A-League beginning this weekend. The cricket, there is actually cricket tonight. Uh, T20 between Australia and the West Indies. But it kind of just feels like at the moment, now that uh, the NRL has finished, it's been a few days since the Pat has won the grand final. It now sort of feels like we're in a position where we're probably waiting now. And I know we've got Bathurst this weekend, but we're probably more kind of waiting now, aren't we? for uh, the T20 World Cup that begins next weekend and the Rugby League World Cup that begins next weekend. That sort of kicks off the summer of sport. And then, of course, with the A-League NBL going on, uh, the summer of cricket not too far away after the T20 uh, World Cup, the Football World Cup, test matches and uh, the Australian Open, and I'm sure I've missed that. Of course, the uh, Racing Carnival Melbourne Cup is less than a month away. On the first Tuesday of November, the first of November. Anyway, uh, so plenty to look forward to. But yeah, this week sort of a bit of a quieter uh, time in sport, but still a lot to talk about. A lot of rugby league news still around. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Still a lot on the Panthers. There's been a couple of unfortunate off-field incidents as well, which we'll tell you about uh, as we go across the show. Some cricket, as I say, on tonight. The first T20 against the West Indies. T20 World Cup beginning next weekend. Really looking forward to that. Uh, and that T20 match tonight against the West Indies will be be here on SEN as well and a bit of other news floating around. So a plenty to talk about. one 1170 the open line number, or you can text 0457-736-736. It's time for your hot topic now. Thanks to Reem, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a Ream. Um, now this Panthers side, there's been a lot of talk about the Penrith Panthers side over the past 72 hours. And there's been a lot of talk about this Penrith Panthers side really over the past couple of years. Three straight grand finals, back-to-back premiers. And I was having a chat with a friend of mine over the course of the weekend, and I'll be really interested uh, to get your thoughts on the open line on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457 736 736. We had a caller yesterday, Michael, I think from Marrickville, 
who was saying that Penrith are one of the best sides he's ever seen. Now, it's all hypothetical, I know, and you'll never know the answer to this. But is Penrith the best rugby league side? This this current Penrith side, are they the best rugby league side you've ever seen? Now, I wasn't around when the Dragons won their 11 competitions in a row quite clearly. I was alive, but do not remember the Broncos' back-to-back premierships of 92-93. So the only back-to-back premiers I can compare them to are the Sydney Roosters. The Melbourne Storm, dominant over the past 20 or so years, but never actually went back-to-back. They made four grand finals in a row a couple of times, but never managed to go back-to-back. So you talk about Penrith and you talk about the other back-to-back premiers over the past couple of years in the Roosters. I I don't know who would win that game at their best. I think it would be a very, very good game. And again, it would be very hypothetical. You'd never know. So if Penrith aren't the best side that you've ever seen in rugby league, who is? Open line number 1300-01-1170. And look, if there are listers around that saw the Dragon side that won 11 of their competitions, 11 competitions in a row, uh, the Broncos side of 92-93, the Roosters side of 18-19, is there a side I'm missing? Obviously, you throw Melbourne in just generally. 1-300-01-1170, the open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. Are Penrith the best rugby league side you have ever seen? And if not, who is? 1-300-01-1170, the open line. Or you can text 0457-736-736. It's 5 past 5, 5 past 4 in Queensland. And, of course, breakfast with Vossi and Brandy coming up right across the listing area uh, in about 55 minutes' time from now. And then Padden Heels for listers through SENQ 693 and SEN 1620 AM will join uh, you after 6 AM local time. Now, speaking of greats, Greg Alexander, of course, uh, half of the breakfast show here on SEN 1170 AM, um, and Craig Gower have declared Nathan Cleary the club's greatest ever number seven, even though he is still only 24 years of age. Um, now, in another show of of support of the 2022 Premiers, Alexander and Gower are also not offended by James Fisher-Harris's declaration the current Panther side was the best in the club's history. Cleary, who is now challenging James Tedesco as the best player in the game, uh, he was just one of the standouts in Sunday night's grand final. It is always difficult comparing players from different eras, but Alexander and Gower had no issues giving the thumbs up to the current playmaker and co-captain. Now, um, they both said he is the best halfback the club has ever had, uh, Brandy said. In years to come, Nathan will be considered Penrith's greatest player. I was a different player to Nathan, and I also played about 50 games at fullback. Craig Gower was a premiership-winning captain and halfback who spent a lot of time at halfback, but also at hooker. He was outstanding, though. But Nathan has been our best. He's accomplished a fair bit already. When you get to around 27, that's when a player reaches their peak physically and in terms of experience. So there's still some upside to Nathan because he doesn't rest on his laurels. Now, Gower, who steered the 2003 Panthers to Premiership glory, said of Cleary, he's already won two competitions. He's only young and achieved so much already. His game management, he rarely makes a mistake. Everything he does is high quality. What he does is pure class. Uh, Do you agree with that? Do you agree with Brandy and also Craig Gower that Nathan Cleary is the Panthers' Greatest ever halfback, potentially greatest ever player. Um, 
I remember seeing Craig Gower play. Very, very good player. Nathan Cleary, back-to-back premierships. Brandy, I don't remember at his peak, but I have seen highlights and I saw the tail end of his career. Um, and won the competition, of course. Uh, made the grand final 90-90. Won the competition 90-91. Uh, and then we know what happened off-field and and then he moved back to, over to the Warriors and then back to Penrith. But um, it's a hard question to answer, isn't it? Alexander versus Cleary. But look, Cleary, at only 24 years of age and having won two competitions already in a row, could easily um, win another couple in his career. They're already favourites going into next year's competition. And y- you look at um, who they're losing. Yes, they are losing a couple of players in Coruscant and Kickout. But I mentioned on yesterday's show that I give them a huge hope to go back to back to back. The only thing I think, and we sort of spoke about this with John Gallo when we were talking about Liverpool uh, yesterday on the show. The only thing that may stop them from doing that is at some stage, and you see it in every sport, mostly, at some stage the teams at the top will eventually fall. Now, how far they fall, I don't know. But they are a definite chance to continue uh, their success. At some stage, they won't win the premiership, but their favourites heading into next year, and quite rightly so. Is Nathan Cleary the best Panthers halfback of all time, potentially the best Panthers player of all time, or do you still rate Brandy as the best Panthers player of all time? 0457 736 736 or open line 1300 01 And just before a break, and we'll speak to Manny Cox in a second, the manager of Liam Martin has warned Penrith that the club would be unwise to push the grand final winning star onto the NRL open market. The pressure is on Penrith, not on us, Martin's agent Alan Ganey, Alan Ganey said. Martin, 25, is off contract after next season, but rival clubs could sign him from November 1. He is one of 200 players set to uh, flood onto the open market that day for the 2024 season. Yet over 200 players onto uh, that open market. We might have a look a bit later on after we speak to Matty uh, about just some of the big names that will be on that open market come November 1 this year. So plenty on our agenda. Open line 1300 01 1170. Are the Panthers the best rugby league side you've ever seen? Ever? If not, who is? Uh, and who he was the better halfback. Was it Nathan Cleary? Was it Greg Alexander? And we'll talk a bit of cricket as well after we speak to Matty Cox. We'll take a break. Come back with more. It's 10 past five, 10 past four on Queensland. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Go to speak to Matty Cox from Tradies News in Melbourne in just a second. Bit of news flying around uh, with the cricket as well. We'll get to, and the Rugby League World Cup, which is only just 10 days away. So plenty to get to on our agenda. one 1170 is our open line number. Or you can text 0457 736 736. I had to, Dan. Yeah, I, I, had I know. Um, I have news as well, Maddie. Good morning to you. Um, I went on the internet, and after his spectacular performance at the AFL Grand Final, oh, I no. thought I should purchase some Robbie tickets. Now, you know the you know the funny thing is though, he's not playing in Australia for another thirteen months. He's not here until November next year. 
I thought it was November this year. No. Well, thankfully, I hope not because I'm not here. Uh, no, <laughs> November next year. It's a long time to be selling tickets. Anyway, good luck to him. Um, how much of did that, did it cost? Uh... Uh, enough. Enough for the cheap. Very Well, no, it's a cheap seat, so not that much. And but, yeah. You, you mm. didn't have the same sort of urge <laughs> after watching Jimmy Barnes on Sunday night? Look, Matty, I have seen Jimmy Barnes in concert, actually. Uh, and look, Jimmy is very good. Uh, very very good. Uh, I have to say, though, the whole pre-match entertainment, uh, and I thought, to be honest, the uh, retiring players thing that we do, and I know the AFL does, and usually the NRL do it so well, I, I just thought the whole pre-match entertainment wasn't that great. Nothing against Jimmy. that He played some really good songs, but I have to say the people I was watching with were not overly engaged in what Jimmy was doing. But maybe if you're at the ground, it was more exciting. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm a big Jimmy Barnes fan, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. I'm not sure about everything else, mm. but uh, I'll, I'll just say I'm Working happy class with... class man was good. I'm, I'm happy with uh, what was performed on the MCG, I'll, I'll just say that. Yes. Yeah. How The grand final overall, I know you had hopes this time last week that mm. it'd probably be a little better than what we ended up with in the AFL grand final to be. No, I think it was about on par, to be honest with you, Matty. Uh, look, no real surprise. Uh, I said, I don't know if I said it to you, but I said it yesterday and I said it last week that, um, and in our preview, that the start was really important for Parramatta in that game. If if things had gone differently and Parramatta had managed to get a couple of early tries and put Penrith on the back foot, as we saw the week before when they played the South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, they would have had a really big chance of winning that game, but uh, we saw what Penrith did, uh, 12-0 and 18-0. And really, at 12-0, you thought the game was virtually over. At 18-0, it was almost impossible to see Penrith, uh, Parramatta come back. I will give Parramatta some credit, though. Um, I thought they stuck in there. Uh, Penrith looked like they were always going to uh, win that game after with still about 60 minutes to go. But they stuck in there, Parramatta. And Penrith, against a lot of other sides, would have ran away with that game in any game, not just the grand final. So credit where credit is due to Parramatta for not giving up. But Penrith just too good again. Did you... I sat when Geelong belted Sydney almost two weeks ago now. I sat there in absolute awe of what Geelong... Produced. They they were so clinical. They were so methodical. I was just in absolute awe. Did you get the same impression with Penrith? Are they just that powerful for you? Yeah. Well, it's funny because the the weird way this season has played out is if you remember sort of the first three months, really leading up to State of Origin, it was Penrith and Melbourne and nobody else. And then Melbourne sort of started to fade, and Penrith. They didn't lose games. They only lost to uh, Parramatta, and I think they lost one uh, throughout the season as well. But they hardly lost any games. But there were teams there, in particular in the bottom half of that top eight, who looked like they could trouble Penrith if they were to meet them. But um, then Nathan Cleary comes back. They get a couple of other players back in the finals. And you saw what they did to Parramatta in week one of the finals. Their performance against Souths, although were, was a bit slow off the marks, their second half was exceptional. And uh, on Sunday, they were just amazing, amazing. And, they, and we're talking about it earlier. They're favourites for next year's competition already. And I know that's a long way away, but they're only losing a couple of players. Um, and the confidence they play with, it's just, it's really, really good to watch. And a lot of the other teams are going to have to step up in yet another level uh, to hopefully 
uh, maybe bring them down, not if you're a Penrith fan, but hopefully make it a bit more competitive next year because Penrith just too good at the moment. So good to watch. And we how oh, the conversation regarding Sydney for us last week was how they would respond to such a loss and the, the mm. recent history in an AFL grand final of teams that have been belted. The following season doesn't look that pretty. I hold a bit of optimism. I think they can be a little bit different. But is, do you hold the same sort of fears for Parramatta, given that they also have had a lack of success up until this point. So the demoralisation of playing in the weekend, how much will that affect them? I hold a lot of fears for Parramatta, not even not even so much because of the loss in the grand final, but they are losing uh, a few good players over the course of the off-season. Now, they're still going to have a decent team, but I know Vossi said on our breakfast show here a couple of days ago on Monday that he believes that's the Parramatta Reels premiership window closed. Um, I have to uh, tend to agree with him, at least for now. Um, we'll see what happens over the next couple of years with players they get in. Um, I, I still think there'll be a finals team next year, Parramatta, but I, I just fear that this might have been their chance. Now, it was a hard chance, don't get me wrong, but... I just And I look at the other thing that probably plays into that as well, Maddie, is you look at the other teams, aside from Penrith, you know, teams like Souths and the Roosters and even Melbourne as well, they're still going to be competitive. The Sharks and the Cowboys this year, uh, very, very good as well. So a lot of these sides that probably didn't perform as some expect them to this year, probably will next year. I can't see uh, the Roosters and Souths having two bad years by their standards in a row. And teams like the Sharks and the Cowboys are just going to keep getting better, one would imagine. So Parramatta, uh, they're going to have to live to another level. And with the couple of the players they're losing, I just don't know if they're going to be able to. But I hope they prove me wrong because I like watching Parramatta play footy. I think they're really entertaining to watch. Um, and their coach, Brad Arthur, I think is a really good coach. So we'll see. I just, yeah, I just have a few question marks next year. And where does your attention turn to now in the uh, Harbour City? Because down here, it's mm. all about trades. We're yes. all, and we're working yes. out what draft picks are required, what numbers are needed to match bids, etc. We go pretty much from last Monday, we've been in that mode. Where, where does the NRL landscape go to? Yeah, I saw you star on AFL Trade Radio the other day, Matty. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, you got a lot oh, of social media oh. love there. All, all I say is I've got a good head for radio. <laughs> um, uh, look, our attention, and I sort of said this at the beginning of the show, this sort of, it's we've got, of course, A-League beginning this weekend, Sydney FC up against Melbourne Victory, which, by the way, uh, the new Allianz Stadium, I think is basically going to be sold out. So that'll be a really good watch. NBL's already begun as well. But I suppose those sports will continue on. Um, in terms of what's happening here, of course, got the T20 World Cup, which we're all looking forward to starting next weekend. But from a rugby league sense, uh, it is uh, the Rugby League World Cup that begins in just 10 days' time, uh, Sunday week over in the UK, and goes all the way through until I think it's the 18th. I always get my dates confused, but I think it's about the 18th of November with the final at Old Trafford in Manchester, which I will be going to. Um, so, yeah, so it is uh, looking forward to that. Um People sometimes have a laugh, Matty, at the Rugby League World Cup. But what is interesting about this one is it's firstly great to see International Rugby League back on the agenda for the first time in three years. But the other thing is, is Australia and New Zealand are destined to meet in the semi-final. So there will be another team outside of Australia or New Zealand, whether that be England, 
Tonga, Samoa, uh, or maybe another team, but they're the three most likely to make the final. So although Australia and New Zealand definitely favourites, we're not going to get that Australia-New Zealand final that we're used to seeing. So that adds, I think, another bit of interest into this year's World Cup. Jeez, Robbie Williams tickets, World Cup final <laughs> tickets. I'm going to have to uh, inquire about what, the pay packet that you get for hosting well, Tradies News in Sydney. Well, to be fair, Matty, uh, all that, well, not the Robbie Williams tickets, but all that was actually booked before I even joined SDN. Oh, Thank the I'm wonderful sure. COVID pandemic <laughs> for the oh, delay. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was. <laughs> Just before I let you go, we had a discussion last week about the TV ratings yeah. for the AFL Grand Final, and we also spoke about how the neutrals, particularly those in Sydney, watched the AFL Grand Final. The NRL figures came out on Monday. Mm. It didn't paint a pretty picture, which I think goes against what a lot of people thought. It didn't obviously help that the contest was one-sided, but it was almost a similar result to what we got in the AFL. Yeah, flights were booked February 2020, by the way. Yeah, no, it it was. <laughs> it, it was... It was, it was interesting, though, because um, I don't know what the streaming was on 9 now. I think it was definitely higher than last year. Um, uh, sort of similar to what we discussed last week, Matty, is that there are a lot of people. So I watch it uh, at a pub. There are a lot of people at the pub I was at. I imagine that would have been the case right around Sydney. Um, and also, you look at the ratings from last year to this year. There is one key difference from last year to this year. Everyone last year was locked up in their homes. This year, people were free to do what they like, whether they went to the game, went to the pub, went to maybe Paralegs Club or Panthers Lease Club. So there are a lot of other ways for people to watch it. And again, as I think we said last week, Manny, is that ratings don't reflect people in pubs and clubs and at friends' house watching it. Um, there may the, the, the poor ratings, in inverted commas, that weren't poor, but you know what I mean, may spark that daytime, nighttime grand final debate again. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of that over the couple of next couple of months. But yeah, I don't think you can read too much into it. Similarly, uh, similar to with the AFL. Yeah, I, I I think it still pulls a little more weight in the AFL conversation, given mm. that the NRL has been nighttime for so long now, or or twilight. You mm. can wrap them up together. I don't think it adds as much weight to what the AFL are attempting to or have been looking at over a sustained period of time. So I just wonder whether or not that will play into the psyche at all. It was interesting, just really quickly, Matty. It was interesting that um, the friends I was out were out with, and some of them casual rugby league fans, a couple of them love rugby league, watch it week in, week out. Everyone sort of agreed a four or five o'clock kickoff would be really good in the NRL. 730 I just think is a bit late. Um, and speaking to Brandy yesterday, the Panthers players didn't get back to Panthers leagues until one one thirty in the morning mm. on Monday morning. So that does, I suppose, if you're a fan, you're probably not caring so much, but it does make it a very, very late night by the time all those celebrations are wrapped up, if indeed they do wrap up. Which is the common argument in the AFL about when's the opportunity to celebrate if you hold a nighttime grand final, given that it would be quite late in the evening and families aren't really able mm. to uh, enjoy in the festivities. Yeah, and I suppose we've got the, the Panthers, and I know Geelong did the same thing, and it happens most years in both codes. The morning after we get uh, the celebrations at whatever uh, ground the, pa- uh, the Panthers this year, but the Premiers are playing at. But again, that's a bit awkward because you've had the players out, which is good to see in a way, but you've had the players no sleep, probably drinking all night. Some of the fans wouldn't have had any sleep as well. Um, but if you do it 
say, and I heard a suggestion, if you do it this weekend, say, in the NRL, a lot of the – you'd still get people there, but a lot of the emotion of it has sort of left, especially the fans. So, uh, yeah, I think for the fans, a 5 o'clock kickoff, you know, you'd get back to the celebrations at 9 or 10 o'clock and you could probably make a good night of it. Uh, yeah, one thirty two a.m. is a, lo- a long, long wait for the fans. And quite rightly, though, Maddie, the players want to stay at Homebush and celebrate their success on the ground and in that dressing room. And they've got media commitments as well. So, yeah, I, I think – the general consensus is a four, five o'clock kickoff, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. No, no, I think the uh, the good old TV may uh, may impact things. Uh, second week in a row, we uh, yes. we've gone overtime yeah. here, Dan. So we'll have to put another um, another Invoicing, memo yeah. in. More, yep. more tickets, yep. <laughs> yeah, more tickets for yep. for this man. Yes, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> good on you, Dan. We'll chat again soon. Thank you. We'll speak next week, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Matty Cox from SCN in Melbourne, does tradies used in Melbourne, also a fine commentator in his own right. And the AFL hosted AFL Trade Radio the other day. Yes, I was on social media and he was there uh, doing his thing. So uh, always great to have a chat with him and we'll chat with him again next Wednesday. Uh, a couple of things on our agenda. We'll take a break in a second. Open line, always the same, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 If you want to call, you can get on the line, call anytime. You'll get straight on air or you can text 0457 736 736. I'll get to a couple of texts in a second. Um, just a couple of other things on the agenda this morning. We were just talking there whilst we're on rugby league before we switch our attention uh, to some other rugby league news and the cricket news as well and we're just talking about the rugby league world cup with maddie there kicking off in just uh 10 days time it's saturday i'll get the actual time of it but saturday night into sunday morning uh, it is i have a feeling the first game and i'll check it in the break i have a feeling the first game is around midnight our time next saturday night going into sunday um the kangaroos though are expecting a frosty reception in england um now, Latrell Mitchell, we know, is used to being booed. But every single one of his kangaroo teammates uh, better get used to similar heckling from the English locals at the World Cup. Now, uh, skipper James Zesco, who knows there is a good reason the Australians will be given a frosty reception. He said they know we're a threat. They will all be supporting England and know the Australian team is, in the, is the one to beat. They'll do everything to go against us. We'll expect that. We don't take it personally. That's just how it is. And Mel Meninga added, the Brits will boo all of us because we're Aussies. They appreciate good footy, and at the end of it all, they will appreciate Luttrell and the team and how good they are. But we know we'll cop it. We'll be public enemy number one in every game we play. Um, Australia is still, of course, favourites for the World Cup, but there are chances with New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga and England as well. Um, many, many years ago, I went to a Super League game in the UK, uh, in Hull, actually, and the atmosphere there, just between two teams, um, two Super League teams, uh, was unbelievable. There's probably, I think, like 10,000 people there. I imagine at these games, and you'll hear it coming through the TV, in particular when England play, um, but in the other games as well, is going to be massive. And look, I think everyone that aren't involved, I think neutrals, would love to see England in that final at Old Trafford in, what, six weeks' time from now. Uh, but I think Tonga, Samoa, they're going to run into some hard teams along their way um, if they are to make the World Cup final. But Australia, definitely favourite. Um, 
Would you like to see another team win it? I, I know it's a bit weird because you'd love to, you, you're Australian. Well, most people listening to the show are Australian. I still think it would be great for international rugby league if uh, England or New Zealand or Togo were to win it. I still think Australia will, but you never know. Uh, so, yeah, your thoughts on that? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy the open line number. You can send a text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Just before a break, this from Anthony. We're asking you on uh, the open line or on the text, are Penrith the greatest side you've ever seen? Now I mentioned at the top of the show, rugby league side. I wasn't around for the Dragons in the eleven premierships. I don't I was alive, but I don't remember Penrith uh, uh, Brisbane, sorry, ninety two, ninety three. So I think back to back premiers I remember were, of course, uh, the Roosters in 1819. But Anthony makes a good point. He says, don't forget Parramatta, 81, 82, 83, 84, uh, four grand finals in a row, then 86, and, of course, won three of them. Yep, really, really good point um, as well there from Anthony. They would be thrown into that conversation as well. Uh, so are they the best side you've ever seen? Who is the best rugby league side you've ever seen? It comes off the uh, back of a conversation I had with a mate of mine the other day about who would win out of the Panthers and the Roosters of eighteen nineteen, and the Panthers currently. You'll never know, uh, but who who is your best side in the history of rugby league? Open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can text 0457-736-736. We'll take a break. A bit more news floating around in rugby league, and we'll get to some cricket as well with the cricket on tonight between Australia and the West Indies, a warm-up heading into the T20 World Cup. one 1170 or 0457-736-736. Breaking back with more. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. It's 23 to 6, 23 to 5 in Queensland. Open line 1300 01 1170, or you can text 0457 736 736. Get back to your text in a moment. Talking about uh, the grand final experience, the grand final day with Matty Cox before from Tradies News in Melbourne. Um, and also, uh, Penrith, the greatest side you've ever seen in rugby league. Just some other sport going on uh, cricket, and we'll get to some other cricket news in just a second. Yesterday, a few things. Uh, happening. Uh, Sheffield Shield, day two between Western Australia and New South Wales. Uh, after day two, Western Australia lead by 78 runs. Uh, New South Wales uh, were dismissed for 180. Uh, Western Australia uh, dismissed for 258. So that is uh, Sheffield Shield there. But they lead uh, after day two uh, by what, uh, 78 runs. So uh, New South Wales hanging in there, uh, but you'd probably want them uh, to do a bit better uh, than that. Now, football yesterday, we talked about it uh, with John Gallo. There was one Premier League game played and Leicester City 4 over Nottingham nil. An impressive win for Leicester City as well. They needed to uh, do that. Uh, they hadn't won a game uh, yet in this year's uh, English Premier League. So very important for them to do that. Uh, so that was what happened in football yesterday. Um, and also, if you would just have a quick look at what happened uh, in the NFL as well, and we'll speak to Chris Burke tomorrow, the San Francisco 49ers 24 uh, defeated the LA Rams 9. So there you go. 0457 736 or 1-300-01-1170. There are a couple of texts there. I'll get to them in a second. Just uh, taking a bit of time to uh, come through the second half of those texts. So we'll get to them shortly. Uh, let's have a look at cricket news. Uh, now, as I say, Australia will play the West Indies tonight. Now, the T20 World Cup uh, begins next weekend. But this match tonight uh, against the West Indies, uh, purely really a warm-up uh, to 
uh, the T20 World Cup. It's going to be played at Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast. Um, and I think people will be tuning in uh, to watch it ahead of that T20 World Cup. The next one is on Friday night. That will be at the Gabba in Brisbane. Uh, but some other cricket news about. Now, former Australian captain Tim Payne um, will make his comeback to top-level cricket on Thursday after being named in Tasmania's squad for the Sheffield Shield match with Queensland. So Tim Payne, and we all know the story, hasn't played a first-class match since April 2021. And we know he quit the test captaincy. It was around this time last year, maybe a bit later on, on the eve of the Ashes series after those revelations of a text message scandal dating back to 2017 and announced shortly after that he'd taken an indefinite break from the game. Uh, Payne turned out for his club's uh, side University on Sunday, taking a catch and scoring an unbeaten 20 in his side's win over Newtown in a one-day match. The 37-year-old wasn't named in Tasmania's list of 24 contracted players in May, but has been training with the squad as an unacontracted player. It was unanimous that everyone wanted one of the world's best wicket-keepers in our side, the Tasmanian coach Jeff Forden said. Physically, he's probably in the uh, greatest spot of his career. Emotionally, he's sound. He's ticked all of the boxes. Uh, Hobart also has an open spot in its Big Bash League squad, with the club's head of strategy, Ricky Ponting, keen for Payne to rejoin the Hurricanes, having played the last of his 42 matches in 2018. Tasmania will be without injured off-season, signing uh, Billy Stanlake for the match, which we played at the Gabba. So Tim Payne back playing cricket, which will be good to see uh, for Tasmania in uh, this weekend's or this Thursday. Starts tomorrow's Sheffield Shield game against Queensland. First first first-class match since April 2021. Been a long time. So good luck to Tim Payne there. Um, And that was the past. This is the future. Uh, and a promising new batting hope with Western Australia's Teague Wiley becoming the youngest uh, player to score a Sheffield Shield uh, century since Ricky Ponting. Um, and it came on a tricky wicket for batters with Wiley's 104 uh, leading the host to a total of 258 and a 78-run lead at Stumps on day two of their clash uh, with New South Wales. Uh, only New South Wales captain Curtis Patterson, 72 um, not out, and WA's Matthew Kelly, 47, uh, not out, were able to join the 18-year-old in scoring 32 runs. In the process, Wiley, who is in his third Shield match, became the youngest to uh, youngest uh, t- to bring up the time, sorry, uh, at the level since Ricky Ponting in 92-93. So that's a really, really impressive feat. 104. Uh, he uh, got, and he was the only Australian named at the ICC's most valuable team of the Under-19 Cricket World Cup early this year, top scoring for his country with 278 runs across the tournament. He made his first-class debut in March, becoming the youngest WA first-class debut since Cameron Green, and his second match at the top level helped them win the Shield. Uh, he was part of a viral video when at 14 years old, he faced a bowling machine at 160 kilometres per hour. I would not be doing that. Uh, his sister, Georgia, also earned a WA state contract as a teenager. Adam Vogues said, if I had to pick one, uh, we saw the emergence of uh, Teague Wiley at the back end of last summer. He's quite a big guy. He's got a physical presence when he's at the crease, but technically he's really solid. He's been an opening batter pretty much all of his career. So technically he's sound. 
I think it's just his genuine desire to want to bat and bat for long periods of time that excites folks. In today's game, that's not something you will see all the time, but that's something he's got in spades. Yeah. Uh, so another up-and-comer in Australian cricket. Keep the uh, ear out for the name Teague Wiley. Uh, 104 yesterday in Western Australia's total of 258. A New South Wales captain, as I said, Curtis Patterson, managed 72 not out in the first innings. And only, yes, only three players able to score more than 32 runs uh, in both first innings, both New South Wales' first innings and uh, Western Australia's first innings. Uh, and 18 years old, Teague Wiley. Good luck to him and also... Uh, just with the T20 World Cup not too far away, Australia selectors are abiding uh, with Marcus Stoinis' uh, absence and Mitchell Marsh's unreadiness to uh, bowl in order to keep the same formula that lifted the World Cup last year and set up a title defence on home soil this month. Yeah, you sort of forget, don't you, that we won the T20 World Cup about this time last year and Australia were not favourites going into that World Cup at all. Um at all that, that no one really expected them to do much in last year's T20 World Cup, and they ended up going on a bit of a run and winning it. Uh, Cameron Green, uh, we know, was very good uh, last week against India, um, but will not uh, be first choice. Stoinis and Marsh are being given the maximum possible time to regain full fitness even if it means Aaron Finch has to rejuggle the side in the meantime. Alongside Stoinis and March, left-arm spinner Ashton Ager is also recovering from a side strain. As a consequence, Sean Abbott and Daniel Sams are a chance to figure as part of a five-bowler attack in addition to Green, even after the returns of David Warner, Mitchell Stark and Kane Richardson, uh, which will be uh, extremely interesting to see what happens uh, with the Australian team heading into that T20 World Cup that begins next week. And as I say, they're up against the West Indies, which you will hear on SEN tonight up on the Gold Coast. Really looking forward uh, to that match tonight and that T20 World Cup. I think last year, because it was overseas, and I know Australia ended up winning it, uh, which obviously peaked interest here in Australia. But I think it sort of got a bit lost in everything that was going on. But I think now that it's in Australia and it goes, I think I saw the final was on, I think around the 13th of November. So it goes for the month. It, I think it's a perfect lead in to the summer of cricket. I know there's a bit of criticism when it comes to cricket that once you get to the end of the test matches and the big bash does seem to carry on a bit longer than most people would like it to. Uh, they, we do start to sort of wane. Interest does sort of uh, start to wane a bit in the cricket, but I think this is an exceptional way to start it with the T20 World Cup into the test matches, big bash league, summer of cricket, uh, really starting to begin tonight, but really heating up with that T20 World Cup uh, beginning next weekend. I'll get to your texts in a second on the open line as per usual, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You can text on 0457736736. You're looking forward to the cricket tonight. Penrith are the best team you've ever seen or anything else you want to talk about in sport. We'll get to your text in a second. It is coming up to 13.5 to 6 in uh, Sydney, 13.5 to 5 in Queensland. Yeah, Vossi and Brandy for breakfast through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney coming up in just over 10 minutes' time. Uh, the first hour also this morning on SENQ 693 AM and SEN 1620 AM Gold Coast. And then Pat and Hills will join you on those stations in about an hour's time, just after 6 AM your time. Uh, now, don't forget this season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. Our power play uh, this morning. 
asking a couple of things. And on the text, Big G has come in, uh, said, and this is a good point, says, Morning, Dan. The thing I found with grand final day uh, this year, uh, a real drag, and the day seemed to lose momentum was the ridiculous amount of time between the NRLW grand final and the kickoff in the NRL game. Surely something can be done. It's silly that nine news is more important than the game. Cheers, the Big G. Yeah, well, I don't know. I understand the commercial reality behind it that Nine want to run their news. Um, but you're right. I, I don't even remember the time the NRLW finished, maybe about 5, 5.30. Um, I think it was slated for a 3.45 kickoff. So it would have been, yeah, about uh, 5.30. And you are right. The momentum uh, of the day really does slow down. Now, I, I do understand in defence uh, of not actually anything really to do with Channel 9, I do understand there is probably some preparation that has to go on in terms of getting things ready for the pre-match entertainment and all of that. Um, I, I, I don't know what you can do. I know Channel 9 are very hesitant to move their news at any point in time. They do do it uh, the first week of the finals, it has to be said, uh, when it's those two Saturday games, uh, which is usually about 5.30 and 7.30. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I do agree, though. Um, and, and I think it's an issue at all games. When, when there is a curtain raiser, whether it be NRLW or not that it's a curtain raiser, but you know what I mean, NRLW or uh, reserve grade, it's always an hour before kickoff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do agree with you, though. Um, really, really good uh, point there, Big G. And Yeovil Treeman says on the text saying, Hi, Dan. only remember seeing the last couple of premiership wins for the Dragons. They have a record that will never be matched. Agree with your list of great teams, but would also throw in the Canberra Raiders of 1987 to 1994 with three wins from five grand finals. Some all-time greats from that era, Mel Meninga, Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, Bradley Clyde, Gary Belcher, Glenn Lazarus, Glenn Lazarus, etc. I would only say that maybe the current run of the Panthers hasn't finished yet. That from the Yeovil Treeman. Yeah, that Raiders side, sensational. All household games. All those ones I just mentioned that uh, Yeovil Treeman just sent out in the text there. All exceptional players. Um, and all household names to this day. Even if, uh, you know, you may not have been around for all of that or any of it, you know those players and, you've, and those highlight reels continue. Uh, good text, Yeovil Treeman. Canberra also in there. And I do agree as well. I don't think this Penrith side run has finished. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they need to win it next year. Uh, but if they win it again in the next couple of years, in the next two or three years, it's just an amazing side and there and thereabouts. Um, now, a side, rugby league side, that hasn't been going too well over recent years and have been in the news uh, for negative reasons over the past 24, 48 hours have been the West Tigers. But there is some good news for them. Uh, they are closing in on a deal for veteran Knights for David Clemmer. Now, this report is in the Sydney, Sydney Morning Herald. The Tigers took Clemmer on a tour of the club's facility with a view to him joining for next season. The Tigers are reportedly prepared to offer Clemmer a two-year deal on top of his, uh, of top of his uh, one year he has remaining in his contract. The Bulldogs are also understood to be interested in Clemmer in the Clemmer reunion, with the Knights open to an early release from his $800,000 service. According to the report, Phil Gould and incoming coach Cameron Serraldo have discussed a possible return to Belmore for the 28-year-old. It'd be a good pickup. I know he hasn't been uh, as good for the Newcastle Knights as he was early on in his career, 
uh, with the Bulldogs. But I think for the Tigers or even for the Bulldogs would be a very, very uh, good pickup. And this is a weird one as well. Uh, Parramatta Ford Ryan Madison, he's knocked back a $4,000 fine offered for the crusher tackle he made in the NRL Grand Final and will still instead miss the first three games of the 2023 season. So instead of taking the fine, he's going to miss three games of next year's season. And maybe he could miss the trials, but I thought I would just take the $4,000 fine if I was him. But anyway, uh, his choice um, and the Eels without him for the first three games of next year. Thank you for your company tomorrow on the show. Chris Perkins will join me. Vossi and Brandy not too far away for breakfast. And I'll catch you back here tomorrow morning for another show. I'll see you then. Have a great Wednesday. Bye-bye. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal or get a low maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.